Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, to many customers, both businesses and homeowners, solar and battery storage is like magic. But they're skeptical, like skeptical about magic. Does solar really work? How does it work? Will they really save money, or is it just a trick? And commercial customers are even more diligent about accurate savings predictions. Now, there are good computer models to reasonably predict how much energy in kilowatt hours a system will produce. But mapping this output information into thousands of different utility tariffs and doing a proposal that can be understood is really complicated. You have to take into account things like changing rates, time periods, rate tiers, demand charges, fixed fees. It's a hard problem to solve reliably. And I know, because at Akina and Westinghouse Solar, we had a huge spreadsheet that did these calculations for rates all over the country. Imagine a spreadsheet with 35,000 rows of 15-minute interval data. It's enough to make your head explode. So that's what you need to do these analyses now. But there's a better approach. If I had to do it again, I'd use a product called Energy Toolbase. Energy Toolbase is the industry's leading software platform for modeling and proposing the economics of solar energy and storage products. After all, your customers and your reputation depends on accurate predictions of solar and storage savings. My guest on this week's show is Adam Gerza, Chief Operating Officer of Energy Toolbase. Now, Adam gained his solar chops after many years in the commercial solar industry. He knows the business and knows how to crunch the numbers. So welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you so much, Barry. Really grateful to be on, and wow, what an awesome, awesome intro. Thank you. That's my pleasure. It's just, just all, it's all straight from the, the heart and the truth. All right, tell us a little bit more about Energy Toolbase. Yeah, you said it pretty well in the intro. So Energy Toolbase is a software platform, and we really specialize in modeling and proposing the economics of solar and storage projects. And the one piece that we're really, really deeply focused on and pretty well known for throughout the industry is that utility rate and avoided cost analysis piece, which, again, is just figuring out in dollar terms how much a solar and or storage project can save. Explain what avoided cost means. Basically, what we're talking about is the savings or the reduction in utility bill. So oftentimes, you know, projects to make financial sense, a return on investment is calculated based on the upfront cost of the project, less any incentives. And of course, the one big line item is really the avoided cost or savings or reduction in utility bill that a solar or storage system can achieve. Okay, perfect, perfect. So who are the primary customers for Energy Toolbase? Yeah, so our primary customers today are solar and energy storage companies. So these are folks like developers, installers, contractors, energy consultants. In terms of the actual role, this will be oftentimes salespeople or project engineers, project designers, or analysts. And one other I'd really like to quickly mention is we have an increasing number of corporates that are using our software. So these are folks like Fortune 500 energy managers. And again, the commonality across all these users is folks that want to quantify and optimize that avoided cost. Okay, so why does somebody need fancy software? I mean, why don't I just look at my total electricity bill, let's say it's $100,000 for the year, and divide that into, let's say I, I use 750,000 kilowatt hours and look at the average. Why can't I just do it on an average basis? Yeah, great question. And you also kind of touched on this in the intro. As you well know, things are getting more complex. Things are getting more dynamic on the rate tariff. Energy tool base really excels when there's more complexity. So think scenarios like utility rate switching, modeling, 
or a very common use case right now, a lot of folks are using energy tool base to model with proposed rates that are about to go into effect. Because certainly if you're going to run a 20-year life cycle analysis of a solar or storage project, you really should be attempting to do that with rates that are you know, going to be in- going into effect. And also things like um, certainly, it, 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 there's an added layer of complexity when you're trying to model both solar and storage. Or maybe there are some set of net metering version 2.0 rules for that particular customer. So again, really trying to be accurate and objective and transparent for some of those more complex modeling scenarios. All right, so you touched a little bit about the future. You're based in California. Yeah, maybe 40% of the solar business, 50% is in California. Where are electric rates going in California? There's been some very, very radical changes that are actually right now in the process of getting implemented after pretty long, as you're well aware, cycles at the Public Utilities Commission, uh, these general rate case cycles where there's a lot of proposals and counterproposals and then ultimately final rulings. And we are in the process now of, in my opinion, the most radical rate changes that I've seen in my 10 years in this industry. And to kind of just really quickly sum them up, what we're seeing a lot of is time of use rates. Certainly, we're defaulting a lot of customers now onto these more dynamic time of use rates, both residential and commercial. And the time of use windows The on-peak window, which is obviously the premium expensive energy, is shifting much, much later into the evening, which, as you can imagine, certainly changes the economics for both solar and storage when that happens. Yeah, boy, that's something that that we discuss with every single customer when we bring up the topic of a storage battery. So, yeah, that's that's really important. So, in terms of your customers or the the jobs or the projects that are being quoted on Energy Toolbase, what's the mix between residential and commercial? Yeah, so from the beginning, our bread and butter had really always been CNI, commercial and industrial. And to this day, we have very strong market share in the CNI space, especially with what we think to be a lot of the sophisticated developers out there. But it was a bit of a surprise to us actually just last month when we ran an analytics report on our you know entire backend database. And we are now at 40% of all proposals created on Energy Toolbase Uh, in our four-year history have been residential. So for us, the residential market is growing. Obviously, those shops are kind of generating proposals at a higher volume. We're certainly growing a lot more in the residential space. That's good. It's, It's going to continue to be a big market, and it's really, really hard to do the calculations for what the dollar savings are going to be when you start talking about adding battery storage and doing energy arbitrage. Now, when it comes to getting the accurate data, Eh, we've always been just getting electric bills, typing in 12 months of data, and then we found that we were able to get the interval data from the utility. How hard is it to get that interval data from the utilities? Can you get automatic APIs into that? And then is the data complete, or do you have to kind of clean it up? You know, you might have 8,600 rows of data instead of 8,750 or something. Awesome question. Super important issue. It's kind of geeky and in the weeds, but critically important to, you know, precisely model a solar and or storage project. The answer is it definitely depends on the location. You know, in California, in the investor-owned utility territories of PG&E, SoCal Edison, and SDG&E, I always use the term, I think we're spoiled because the interval meter data is readily available. Customers can access that via their utility web portal. 
which it's a luxury. It's, it's awesome to have that because there is a lots of parts of this country where we wish we could access that data and developers wish they could access that data and they simply can't. Yeah, in terms of the API, we're a big fan of the utility API service, which I know you're familiar with. It's a data service that's great at fetching these raw data files from the utility portal site and making that process seamless. I also want to give one really quick plug to the Green Button Alliance. That is a not that's a basically trade association that is advancing the Green Button data standard all over the country. And we are members and we are very supportive of the efforts of utilities to make this data more readily available across the country. Yeah, it really, it just kills me all the time that they try and hold on to that data or it's not complete or they don't give access to that data to the customers in a way that they can really take advantage of. Boy, but but the, the industry is getting better, and, and I didn't realize that there's that much of a gap outside of California for this data. Okay, Adam, how do you manage to keep the utility tariff base database updated. It used to drive us crazy trying to get the the tariffs from all the utilities around. Where do you get all that data? Yeah, it's a lot of work. And we actually do this function in-house. So we have seven full-time employees on our data team, which is just an awesome group of folks that is effectively out there tracking and updating utility rate tariffs into our database uh, all over the country. So uh, it's a lot of work, but I would also mention there are some very strong advantages for us of doing this in-house because it really allows us to kind of organize and structure and process the data as we see fit. Yeah, that data is tough to get. I had lots of people saying, hey, I wrote a software program. I'm going to scrape the utility tariff database. I'm going to give you the data. There's just so many details involved, and these databases have to be absolutely perfect working with your software. If utility changes the time of use period or the, the months that they're doing these time of uses on, it kind of blows it up. So that's pretty commendable. Now, how does your software handle utility rate increase? Do you have the ability to say this is going to escalate by that amount percentages on an annual basis? Yeah, that's a user-defined input. And really, when it comes to the different assumptions that go into building up a proposal, we leave all of that to the user. So we certainly don't force you know, what utility escalation rate to model with or what, I guess, discount rate for a net present value. We're really good at getting the data right on both the utility rate tariff side and the incentive side and we leave the rest uh, to the discretion of the user. Now, what kind of interfaces does your software have into, let's say, solar analytical software like PV Watts or into other presentation software, you know, just for example, like PowerPoint? Absolutely. So very early on, we built the application to be open and agnostic. So if you just kind of want to talk about like solar production modeling tools, as an example, we do have a direct integration with PV Watts. So you can use that right through our application. Uh, we also have a direct integration with Helioscope, uh, which is a close friend and ally of ours. They're an industry-leading solar design engineering layout tool. And we've designed Energy Toolbase to work really seamlessly and easily with whatever tool that the user prefers for that matter. So again, we take the approach of wanting to be interoperable with everyone and leave the decisions of you know, what other software applications the user wants to deploy and just try to make those kind of seamless and easy to use. All right. So speaking of software, the other key piece of software that every almost every solar contractor and developer has is some kind of CRM software. Do you interface with CRM systems? 
Yes, that question comes up a lot. So Energy Toolbase absolutely has a lightweight CRM built into our tool. Um, we have also done a custom Salesforce integration for one of our enterprise customers, and it's certainly on our product roadmap to make ETB, Energy Toolbase, more easily interoperable right out of the box with other CRM tools. The question does come up quite often, and uh, it's something we're working on. Okay, so you've got the, the data, you're pulling it in, you're able to do some predictions. What kind of financial analyses do you provide? Is it graphs? Or are you able to kind of model what's going to happen with a PPA versus a lease versus a bank loan versus cash? How does that work in Energy Toolbase? Yeah, we have a really fully built-out, robust financing module within Energy Toolbase. So effectively, users can choose from a pre-configured financing transaction template so that could be, like you said, a cash purchase, a loan, a lease, a PPA, a PACE loan. And the cash flows and how you derive what those financing payments are can be customized to really reflect and mirror however the financing provider that you're working with does it. And it's that we actually have a lot of friends in the industry that are financing providers that are wanting to get embedded directly into that energy tool-based workflow because, again, we're good at the avoided cost analysis piece, but when it comes time to putting it into a, let's say, 25-year cash flow statement and really deriving what the project economics are, you have to have that financing piece. And we built it to really kind of be dynamic and customizable for different types of providers and, and so, you know, products. Yeah, that would be a great option to have. I mean, you know, heck, maybe it's open so the user can type in any of the financial parameters they want that apply to a financing tool. But, you know, if you had a drop-down menu that had, you know, clean fund and renewable energy finance and the other options there, that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we talked a lot about modeling. We talked a lot about software. We talked a lot about solar. One of the things that really kind of hit me over the head about a year, year and a half ago when we started to do battery storage systems with Cinnamon Energy is just kind of figuring out how you model that. So what modeling capabilities that are really special for energy storage are included in Energy Toolbase? Yeah, this has been a huge part of our focus over the last 12 months. And it's a big engineering problem to solve. Basically, at a high level, we've approached this the exact same way that we've approached modeling solar projects. And again, the end goal here is to give users the ability to accurately, objectively, and transparently you know, model and estimate the savings of a storage project. And as you know, that can encompass so many different things because there's lots of different storage vendors in the market on the hardware side, right? Different chemistries and different products and vendors. Separately, you have a whole separate kind of category of battery management systems, which is kind of the software control layer. So our vision for storage modeling is to give users the ability to accurately and ethically, that's the word I like to use, model uh, and estimate the savings for any combination of storage hardware and kind of controller. And that's kind of the high-level version of what we're trying to build, and I think we're on, a, on the right path to doing Yeah, it's really a challenge to find complete turnkey 
solar and energy storage system, you know, even one that does backup power, because there's a lot of them that I kind of call them Frankenstein systems. They work, but a smart company has taken some batteries and taken an enclosure and taken an inverter and has a, you know, maybe a third party site control or something, and they kind of put it all together. But it's really hard to figure out how those things operate and, and making sure that the software is all going to work together. But one of the one of the questions that I always have when I look, look at commercial customers and energy storage benefits is what What's their demand profile and when should you charge up that battery and how much charge should you maintain in that battery and under what circumstances should you discharge it? How do you handle that? Yeah, so you nailed it on the CNI side, which again is kind of our um, our foundation, uh, the primary energy storage value stream is the term we kind of like to use is peak demand shaving, right? So it's using a battery, it's deploying a battery to shave peaks and reduce demand charges. And this goes back to kind of how I was trying to high-level frame the question. Boy, oh boy, there's lots of different paths you can go down when you're working with both hardware and controller configurations. And honestly, it's best to kind of see it on a demo, but it's really what we're striving to do is let a user run a realistic and representative simulation of how a hardware and controller would actually operate in the field. And that's the end goal and kind of how we do that it almost is best shown on the demo but it's very much probably the most challenging thing that we've been we've been tackling over the last 12 months yeah i'm really happy to see that there are a number of what i call turnkey commercial and residential systems out there that you know basically you have one company that's going to stand behind the whole thing instead of three companies that you have to cobble together so as that becomes more standardized i think the market's going to really grow looking back how did you start energy Toolbase? So our founder and CEO, and I also mentioned uh, he's our software architect, John Gursky. I met John a little over 10 years ago when I broke into the industry at Sullivan Solar Power down in San Diego. And funny story for both John and I, every day driving to work at Sullivan Solar, we used to drive past the big fancy Akina office, which was right there on Miramar Road, right by our office. And I know definitely in those early days, we always looked up, I think, to Akina with a lot <laughs> Yeah. Team was like, wow, you guys were the 800-pound gorilla, and we were the tiny little regional guy out of one office. Yeah, that was a great, um, the great San Diego, great location right near the airport. And, you know, we did a lot of business out of, out of that locale. Oh, that's cool. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. So, again, so John wrote a lot of the original Excel models that we did our avoided cost analysis on back in the day. This is 10, 11 years ago. And we've kind of both had our own paths in the industry, but John had a consulting business, and I think he had reached his limit on how far he could go with Excel which led him to designing in kind of a prototype of what is now Energy Toolbase in a web-based framework, you know, where obviously a Energy Toolbase is used in a browser. And that was the founding story. And the part that we love to highlight is that we absolutely scratched our own itch on this business. I mean, we were solar developers on the ground five plus years. And, you know, this evolution of this product is kind of the tool that we wish we had back in the day when we were modeling some of these more complex projects. Yeah, I hate to admit this, but I'm still using the original spreadsheet in Excel that I started in 2001. And as long as I just kind of boil it down to one little area, I can handle the rates. Not great on commercial, and I'm looking forward to using more energy tool base in the future as we start modeling these storage products. Speaking of energy tool base, how can our listeners get in touch with you? 
Thanks for asking. Really easy to find us. We're pretty well known in the industry, energytoolbase.com. We're going to be at SPI shortly. We would absolutely love to show you a private demo of what our software does. And one last little plug, I want to say, if you mention that you heard about us on the Energy Show or even Barry Cinnamon's name, we will absolutely hook you up with an extended free trial to test drive our software. That's really our call to action. We would love for you to just kind of kick the tires and give our tool a try and see if it's a fit for what you're doing. Yeah, that's terrific. Well, thanks for that. Is there a phone number that people can use to call you? Yeah, 866-303-7786. That's the 800 line right on our website. Easy to get in touch with us through whatever channel you want. And again, would love to get on a private demo with you and show you what we do. All right, that's great. All right, well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks, Adam, for joining us, and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcast.